0: Welcome to Rhythm, a podcast on being in balance, through conversations with the Swami. Namaste Rhythm listeners. My name is Sunil. I'm with Swami Tadananda from the Ramakrishna Vedanta Centre of Auckland, New Zealand. How are you, Swamiji? I'm good, Sunil. How are you? I'm good. Good, Swamiji. In the last episode we were talking about breath. You explained about deep breathing and you said you'd cover off rhythmic breathing a bit later. We also just slightly mention rhythm, which is the name of the uh, podcast. Shall we continue from there? Sure. So
1: yes, let's talk about this wonderful idea of rhythm. It is a very ancient Vedic concept, which later on became translated or expressed as dharma, you know. So this dharma regulates the life and everything. But in its earlier form it was called rhythm. Rhythm denotes that underlying principle behind the whole universe at a subtle level which is responsible for maintaining harmony and order. If you watch the universe, you see it's not flying out in a chaotic way in all directions. It's a, rhythm. It's a, it's a balance in a rhythm of things happening in a cyclic way. So your daily cycle, okay, your lunar cycle, how so many systems are controlled and regulated by that, your annual cycles then you will see around the movement of the planets or the moon going around the sun, uh, the earth Earth going around the sun, galaxies, solar system, everywhere there is some order. Some order. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Is. So the Vedic sages, when they could detach themselves from the physical world, on this day, detach their minds from the physical world and tune in to the higher dimensions of this existence, universe. By universe, I don't mean the physical universe only. They're finite and finer dimensions, layers after layers after layers. So, Vivekananda says, look, look at this atmosphere. At the lowest, where it's touching the ground, it's densest. But as you go higher and higher and higher, it becomes finite and finite and finite. It's very high. It's almost like, almost like space. No okay, and air air of course, yeah, all air molecules are not there. But it sort of becomes thinner and thinner and thinner gradually. In our science, we give different names to different uh, heights, stratosphere, anosphere, whatever sphere. They're not actually lines, it's just for convenience of communication. Yes. At the end, it's one atmosphere. So likewise, existence is like that. The grossest is the physical world and it becomes finer and finer where the mind and and ultimately at the other end where it's pure space in which everything is contained because air particles exist in that space. Even it's down here, but when it's without any content, that is called pure consciousness. So unlike our physical and material scientists who are trying to understand the mind activity and consciousness from the point of view of this physical body as if the brain produces the mind and the mind produces consciousness. The Vedic teachers, they said, it's the other way actually. we are putting the card before the horse here. That's why it's not making sense. Even if you're looking for the God particle, blasting some uh, atoms and all those things, spending billions of dollars, you're not going to get anywhere because it's the other way. So they say the ultimate reality is pure consciousness. then it becomes energy okay shakti and that energy has got different variations at the highest level which is called a parashakti it is at a very pure high energy state and it begins to become diminished lava and lava and at some stage it becomes experiences the ego a little little down it becomes experiences what we are feeling in our mind space thoughts and emotions and then it comes down to this gross world uh, where we have got these devices embedded in our body, uh, sense organs by which we are able to pick some of those energies uh, which are light for eyes and sound for the ears but they're x-rays and microwaves which we can't pick. Okay, what I'm trying to say there is a whole spectrum of energies in which we also are energy and we are Operating at a very gross level. level. So when through deep meditation, the mind can be raised and freed from the grip of the physical body. And it can dwell in that subtle level, which is the mental level. And it experiences a different world. It doesn't experience a person there. It experiences an idea that has materialized as the person. Mm -hmm. The subtle ideas behind every manifested form, they're called shabdas in the Sanskrit language. Mm -hmm. It's the blueprint which manifests. For example, the blueprint of an architect becomes a building. Yes. Okay, the building can be destroyed. But if you have the blueprint, the map again, you can make one. So, everything in this universe that we say thing, thing as a manifestation, has got a name and a form, has got a subtle counterpart, which is the energy of that object at a high level. So, likewise, the layers and layers of our being. Yes. So, physical body, mental body, and we call the spiritual body, and ultimately is the pure consciousness.
0: So as the as the Rishis when they meditated and raised this raised their minds above the the pure cross level, they would have is it very similar to saying that you're changing your frequency. So, yes. you know, you're watching TV and you're watching a particular channel and then... A uh-huh, higher channel. And then you want to change it dif- to a different channel, you would change your frequency. Yeah.
1: It's and, like and you're... Th- uh, another very nice way say is like you're, when you're operating through the body, it is 1G. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you go to 2G and suddenly the information that's contained in a 2G is far much more than 1G. Yes. 3G, 4G, 5 7G. Now you can get gigabytes of information, data, yeah. data mm. like that. See? So, as you go to the higher planes the amount of information is far superior to what is available when it's at the lower plane. So the sensors give you only a little bit, sneak preview, tidbits here and there. Yeah. You raise your mind to a next level and you can pitch it up there. Then you find another world opens. And you see, just like I'm seeing a table and a chair and a person at that level, you will see the subtle energy forms. It's all science. But you need to have the capacity to lift the mind from this lower plane to the higher plane and meditation and yes. meditation develops that capacity right. all right so it's a very scientific method about about so coming to rhythm yes so the underlying principle which governs and maintains that balance behind everything that law we begin to understand and when we understand something then we can use it for example the law of gravitation Gravitation existed, but some thinker like Newton, you know, he gave this law of gravitation and we use that we can do various things in sciences. So they are very fine principles and uh, the law by which they function, they are discovered by a, at, a, at the physical level by gross scientists or at the spiritual level by spiritual scientists. the are seekers of the truth, both. One at this lower level, the other one in a higher level, spiritual level you might say, mental level. So so coming back to this rhythm, out of which the word rhythm sort of has come. Let's observe that within us. So if your whole system is in a beautiful rhythm, that means the whole organism of our body is, is a sort of an amalgamation, integration of so many systems, digestive system, nervous system, muscular system, all this is. When they are all beautifully integrated, then you're not even conscious of your body. Everything is flowing.
0: Okay, but right.
1: if you have a little bit of indigestion, yes. you see how everything is now thrown out of balance. Yes. And you just can't do anything. You know, everything is now yeah. held back there. Running low in energy yes. until you recover. See? Mm. Recover means you had moved away from that health state of perfect health
0: scented yeah you you have moved off you know
1: and now you're trying to get back to it so when you are dislodged from your perfect state it creates what is called stress and anxiety is that feeling am I going to get back into it or not okay and we recover then anxiety disappears so like you pull a string a spring it creates some tension and you let it go back to its natural state then all the tension disappears so that point where everything is in a perfect, harmonious, beautiful, peaceful way that is within us. But not at the physical level or mental level, deep at the spiritual level. And we actually have moved out of that center, so to say, and trying to remain, maintain our identity at a physical level. Because I'm a physical being, I'm trying to maintain this body at every instant, new cells are being born, old cells are dying, but the whole bundle sort of keeps on uh, continuing. And so long I can keep on replenishing it, your body looks it growing, uh, but at some point it's not able to replenish. And that's when you see all the signs of aging, hair becomes white, becomes wrinkle. At some point, mm-hmm. organs will begin to fail and then it's not able to recover. It will just collapse so in a physical way we see physical systems at the mental level look it could be something an inner conflict behavior what you like and or what is being you're being forced to do uh, do not resonate so you have that internal conflicts and people suffer because of that you're not happy with yourself all right so what has happened you're not in rhythm your actions are not in rhythm with your inner constitution Why? Because something is disturbing you from there. Uh, Look at in a family. Now, if all the members in a family are in a beautiful rhythm, then there's peace and harmony there. A couple of brothers and sisters, an extended family or the neighborhood. But if one goes off the tangent slightly for whatever reason, then you see how much disharmony, unhappiness, stress, tension, all those type of things happen there. What we're trying to understand is, look, there is a natural, beautiful state of being, being. individually in a family, in an organization, mm-hmm. in, in a country, in this world, in this universe. Mm-hmm. So layers and layers and layers of different degrees of complexity are there. And this world is actually is a lost balance. All right. And you'll find some upheaval coming in one point, disturbing another one influential, powerful people who have power, they can do something that can affect so many other people, governments, policies, organizational policies, values. So the world will constantly try to throw you balance. The individual tries to regain their balance. Somebody asked Swami Vivekananda, what is life? And he gave a beautiful definition. He says, life is a constant struggle between the forces inside and the forces outside. The outside forces try to throw you off balance and the inner forces try to regain that balance. So long we are able to regain our balance, we survive. Mm. When we can't, then we die. For example, some virus might enter into me. Okay. Mm. The reaction is, how good is your immune system? Mm. If it's strong, well, maybe you'll be not develop any symptom or it makes you sick for a while. But then your defense mechanism kicks in and you regain your health, you overpower. But suppose one cannot overpower that virus that has entered, like COVID came for many people, yeah. very weak immune system. And so they got overwhelmed and they passed away. So, so the wonderful rhythm behind this whole universe, if we understand that the natural rhythm of this whole universe and synchronize ourselves with that nicely, it helps us maintain our inner balance. Mm. Yeah. So in, just like in physics, we understand two violins that are tuned together, same, kept near each other and you play on the first one. Somehow that energy from the first one is transmitted and the second one will vibrate together. So why? Because they are in rhythm in tune and therefore it's able to draw that energy to itself but if it's tuned at a different frequency then it will not be able to capture that energy so there. imagine there's a beautiful rhythm behind the universe and when I can tune myself through meditation and all that or prayer uh, to the energy of of the underlying existence then just like energy Was transmitted from one violin to the other likewise we begin to capture that energy to ourselves and so now you will see if we visualize each individual not as a physical being but more as a bundle of energy that is vibrating and pulsating at a particular frequency. Sometimes it pulsates and vibrates at a lower frequency at that time it tunes into the lower energy that's all around that person and then the on, the on, then and only then that negative energy can come into him and affect him if he can tune his mind up mm. like you know you're tuning your TV to a different frequency it doesn't catch you mm. but when you go to up level the positive ones begin to flow into you right yes. so that's why in the Bhagavad Gita Shri Krishna is telling to Arjuna when he was depressed he says raise your mind through self-effort to a higher level. If you can do that, you'll be your own best friend. But if you can't and your mind goes down, then you becomes your own, become your own enemy because you are now allowing these negative energies mm. to come into ourselves. So it's a deep philosophy and psychology in there because sometimes when we're down and we do not know how to bring ourselves up uh, and then it, the negative energy flows into us Okay, and then it takes us one step down further down, and another deeper layer of energy flows. It's like a ball at the top of the steps that goes uh dropping step by step, and before you know it, it has gone so far down that no one can reach you out there mm-hmm. so if you understand this,
0: so we try as a, as a as a bundle of energy ourselves <clears throat> we're trying to be in sync with other bundles of energy around us
1: we should try to we will naturally be in sync with the bundles of energy that are at, at our, our level. level right we All will right. go up so higher. that's why a constant and a conscious effort has to be made to sync ourselves with some higher energy mm-hmm. that higher energy is represented by some divine form which is the chosen ideal mm-hmm. and the the mantra actually is the tuning of your mind to that energy level, and when we the closer we approach, the more that energy will begin to flow into us, mm-hmm. and ultimately you want to be able to access the full energy of that being. But mm-hmm. well, we might personify it. You're meditating mm-hmm. on a particular aspect of God. You're repeating a particular mantra. But you can see the science of it. Yes, uh, this is a very interesting topic to uh, to have a good, deep understanding uh, logically, intellectually. And then we will understand the real uh, wisdom of the sages where they gave us these tools to lift our mind to higher and higher planes and such excess so much power that's available to us. But at 4G, 5G, 6G, but at least you should be able to tune. And when we don't understand the philosophy and the psychology, then we think somebody is just sitting and praying to God, and he's repeating some mantra, <laughs> and he's he's chosen this particular form of God and this and that, without understanding deeply the science of it.
0: Okay.
1: So we, that's why we have chosen this word rhythm. It's the basis is how do we tune, tune and sync ourselves. ourselves to the higher energies, energy levels. Uh, which are then represented by some spiritual idea, ideal, or even a personification of incarnation or some aspect of God. And they have their mantras, uh, which are again uh, means by which we can resonate our mind with the energy of that that being. And the reason is that when you're connected, then that energy begins to flow into us and lifts us up. And then it lifts us to the next level. And that's what we are trying to do during the time of meditation, the higher we can lift ourselves, then the world with all its waves and problems and things will exist there. But since you are not tuned to them, they cannot touch you.
0: Okay, right. That's really nice. Actually, that's good. Um, getting to the, uh, the 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 word and understanding the word rhythm, you know, in a better way. Uh, thank you. It's been great. Yeah.
1: So I think one has to understand this and then reflect on life and be alert to this idea and question, how am I tuned now? What level is it? Am I making an effort to raise my frequency, so to say, tune myself to higher energy or my activity right now is taking me down? down? And you'll find that if you're not vigilant, then you just rumbling around life in one way or the other, getting knocked around. But if you are vigilant and alert and discriminating and say, this activity, this engagement, this company, this association uh, is coming to not do you good. The ones that will do you good are the ones one should discriminate and choose. And so when you look at the instructions of spiritual teachers, they will always try to say, the ones that will drag you down is adharma. Do not do those things. The ones that will lift you up, that's your dharma. Try to do that. They are the moral and the ethical teachings there. And maybe in another, in some episode, we can reflect when people would go to Sri Ramakrishna and ask them, okay, you talk about this Atman that's most wonderful, full of knowledge, bliss, purity, beauty, goodness in the core of all beings. And we can see the power of that through your samadhi, uh, and when we when they would ask him how we as human beings, normal human beings can access that, then he had a five-point formula that is repeated again, repeated again and again and again in the gospel, which is always discriminate between the real and the unreal. He talks about satsang, spiritual company, he talks about japa and meditation, he talks about now and then going into solitude, he talks about prayer. And we can understand all these five teachings in the light of the the, the principles we are discussing today. Yes. And yeah. then it becomes very, very scientific. Yes. And when it's science, there, then you you know it gives a little deep conviction. And I'm just not yeah. believing in doing it, but I understand to some extent. I
0: understand why I'm. Doing but I
1: want to experience hmm. it.
0: Okay. Right. No, it's, that's great. I think we've run out of time today, so. Thank you. That was that was great, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you, most welcome.
0: Thank you for listening. Being in balance, rhythm. For more information, please visit www.vedanta.nz.